Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mully and Haw. Live and local. Chicago sports talk for your morning on 670 The Score. NBA champion, two-time NBA executive of the year, represented by his wife, Thelma, basketball Hall of Famer and former Bulls general manager, Jerry Krause. Sounded a lot worse in the stadium. That we do know. How? Because Marshall Harris was there. It's Gabe Ramirez along with he, CBS 2 Sports Director on 670 Score, filling in for Mullion Hall today. And so first I want to give you my perspective from Puerto Rico. As I mentioned, so over the weekend, first of all, it's a 100 degree difference. I want to be very clear. I was in Puerto Rico, it's 90 degrees, and I come back to Chicago when it's minus 8. You know what? I'm glad you had your vacation, but I'm glad you got, I'm glad the reality check hit you. (laughs) Hit you I, like a cold breeze to the face. I hate people that are like, why do I live here? It's so cold. And then I walked off the plane and I was like, oh my <laughs> God, I can't breathe. And I was like, why do I live here? Um, so I'm seeing all the, the tweets come in and, you know, you see Casey Johnson reporting Stacey King's tweets. Like everybody just, you know, crapping on the fans for booing. And then you see the picture of her crying. And, and I'm like... I, I mean, I, I, I guess I thought to myself as a Bulls fan and growing up here my whole life, I thought to myself, like, what did you think was going to happen? Right? Like, I understand it. It's wrong. Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> it's wrong. Yeah, whatever. Because it's right. Right. It's wrong. Boom. Check mark. But did you think you were going to put up a picture of Jerry Krause and that the people of Chicago who have been trained to boo this man for the past 20 years, 30 years, that they were all of a sudden going to then flip to cheers? Let me just, let me just. You mean, you mean to tell me the last dance came out where everyone was watching it? During the pandemic, everyone was watching it during the pandemic. Were we reminded? That kind of stuff. And you thought you were going to put up a picture and everybody's going to be like, hey, bro, this is Chicago. We are way more respectful than that. Let's cheer this man. No. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Here's what you need to understand. There are genuine fans everywhere who are going to do what they want to do. My thing with this particular ceremony and the Ring of Honor induction in itself i mean first of all a lot was taken away and a lot was celebrated a lot was good but a lot was taken away with no michael jordan no scotty pippen no dennis rodman rodman planned to be there but the weather i don't think jordan and pippen were ever coming ever and so you get to the halftime ceremony and i had seen the run through that's how i knew i wanted to make sure that there wasn't gonna be like a surprise michael jordan appearance i was peeking through the run through the rehearsal and they had stand-ins for the 
for the people and or family members who are going to be there because they did like a production run through where they cut to that person and then they cut to the, the video back to a person. Sure. And with Jordan and Pippen and Rodman, they cut to the rafters and their jerseys. So that's how I knew there was no one there representing them and no, nobody was coming. But I saw that there were family members for other people coming, you know, like Jerry Sloan, um, RIP. And of course, the architect of those six-time champion True. Chicago Bulls, Jerry Krause. And there was a stand-in for his widow, his wife, Thelma Krause. So here's the issue. You're absolutely right. The Bulls failed to do something that everyone should do when they're doing anything in public. Or private, even. Know your audience. Mm. Know your audience. The Bulls failed to recognize their audience and their feelings about that man dead or alive, and how that's the way it's been and that's the way it's always going to be. This could have simply been avoided by instead of announcing the name and then cutting ah, to the person, all they had to the do, all they, not even go to the rafters. They're still going to get, or a picture. Go, and, still going to get booed. What they should have done is when they announced someone in the, the <clears throat> induction to the Ring of Honor, instead of video the person they should have said representing Jerry Krause with the shot of her to start off and then gone to the video of him. You do that, no one's booing. No one is. Thelma. No one's booing her. But that's not what happened. The people in the stands didn't even realize that Thelma Krause was there until they cut to her reacting to a an avalanche of boos. It was le- I, I I heard it on TV later, it was much louder in arena. There wasn't, it was, it was shocking. Oh, I got hurt. It was disturbing. It was sickening. And then when you see her face and this woman is in hysterics because she's there for what's supposed to be recognizing her late husband. Instead, it's turned into this vile thing. Could have been avoided. Was not thought, thought through, not excusing the behavior of the fans, but they're human, and humans do vile things every day. When you're in this, when you're there, who are you next to? Like, what? Are you, how is your head turned? Is your head on a swivel? Like, oh my god, is this happening? So I wasn't even out there. I was like literally at the entrance of the tunnel. Right. Right. I wasn't like out. But you were so like. Were but you I was. I was right there. You... I was right there. Like I could see people in the stands. Right. Like so, you were shocked. I was just like. Please make this stop. <laughs> oh, that bad? You were, yeah, you it, was, were it wasn't it? that long. It's just like. But you were feeling it's it. It's like uh, when you're on television or radio and you mess up, right? Or there's dead air. It's bad. It's never as bad as you think it is. But right. 10 seconds feels like a minute. And I, I, I'd have to see how long. I, it was probably only like five seconds of booing. But it was a heavy. It was, it was a quick hitter of a boo. And. You know, and they tried to like, they tried to reel it back in as soon as they saw her and saw her reaction. But it was, as they say, by then, it yeah, the, was already the, the, too late. The screenshot that has you know gone viral, so to speak, of her, it's bad. How can you not feel? It's bad. The empathy that you feel, and I understand people saying, "What do you think? What did you think was going to happen?" That doesn't excuse it. But yeah, that's also true. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, I think when you're looking at, I mean, I, I can only imagine if you know. One, there's always pain with loss, right, associated with it. Uh, People grieve differently. You do not know how, you know, that person is in the present. 
And then to be honoring your husband and thinking like, wow, what a great moment. My husband's got such a bad rap throughout his career as a member of the Chicago Bulls organization. And here's this ring of honor. Jordan's not here. You know, there's been, my husband's getting, yeah. All right, finally he's going to get his flowers. And then you're sitting there and you hear the booze and you probably just get taken like somewhere emotionally where you're thinking about your husband, your, you know what I mean? It's, like, I'm sure she was crying because of the booze, but I'm sure it was much more than that internally, where you're thinking about, like, that's what triggers it all. It's not the first time she's heard her husband be booed. Exactly. exactly. You go back to, like, ring ceremonies and everything else. Like, he was always the villain right. as painted by Phil Jackson. Ugh. Who, by the way, remember, Jerry Cross hired Phil Jackson when nobody knew who Phil Jackson was as an assistant coach. As an he's heir apparent. And he's the one who made him the head coach. And he's the one who drafted Scottie Pippen. He's the one, like, tra- traded and drafted Scottie Pippen. He also said that Phil Jackson would be gone no matter what he did that last season. He did do that. And he, you know what? Ego's coming to play. Ego's coming to play. And so, Jerry Krause shaped a lot of what happened, the reaction to it. You know, there's going to be reaction to what you do yeah. as a public figure especially. And when you look at the popularity of those bulls, not just in Chicago, but Worldwide. nationwide, I was I was in Alabama. You, you you think I didn't know who Jerry Krause and all these people were as a, a teenage <laughs> right, kid? Right. Absolutely. But that doesn't excuse it. What do you think about the Ring of Honor as a whole? I thought it was a great idea. Better late than never is what I always say. Like when it, when they first announced, it, I was like, why did this not exist? Apparently, Michael Ryan's doors have been thinking about it for a while, and he had gone around kind of studying what other teams have done. I'm glad it happened. It made me sad for the fans that there was no MJ and no Scottie Pippen and ultimately no Dennis Rodman. And if you had done it a decade ago, some of these guys that were celebrated in memoriam could have been celebrated in real life, including Jerry Krause. That's the sad part of it, about it for me. And so I, I, I look at this whole thing as I'm glad it happened. It's terrible the way it went down. Also, the video that they released from Michael Jordan and put it on social media I felt like fans got cheated a little bit because that video should have been released for the first time to them in person. Then you put it on social media and everything else. Yeah, it was a lot of... Those are my thoughts. Yeah, was, I mean, the Ring of Honor to me, it seemed odd. Odd? Just odd? Like timing-wise? It's like, what? We're doing what? What? We're doing what? <laughs> in the middle of the what? And they, and they did it. And, Michael and, who? And the, and the whole thing is, I understand why they did it against the Warriors. After so his son is going to go ahead and marry Scotty Pippen's... What? Or that's what we're doing. If this happened years ago, that's what I'm saying. we wouldn't have had these problems. So the other thing is they did it on a Steve Kerr game night. Well, had to. But you didn't have to do that. You asked Michael Jordan, you asked Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen or whoever else, do you want to come? And if you want to come, get here are the dates. And just pick a Warriors off game night. A night they don't have a game. It was yeah. that simple to me. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know all the logistics, but I'm just yeah. giving it to you. I mean, uh, if we feel bad. Hopefully, she's in a better place today. And uh, I'm glad all the apologies came out. And uh, I'm glad a lot of Chicago media chastised everyone in Chicago as a result of it. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris filling in for Mully and Hall here on 670 The Score. Uh, coming up next, we have a draft analyst talking to us about uh, the top of the draft, what the Bears should be doing. Uh, but don't forget, uh, we're going to have Bills versus Steelers uh, the AFC wildcard game today at 3 p.m. on the score. You're going to be able to hear that here. And we were going to have the Bulls-Cavs on at 545 uh, with the pregame, but that's going to be on the Odyssey app. 
uh, today, all right, because of the Bill Steelers uh, changeover. So make sure you download the Odyssey app. And then uh, when the, when the wildcard game is over, we'll put the Bulls game on uh, 670 to score following the conclusion of, of the wildcard match. All right. Uh, so make sure you guys are here for that. Uh, but coming up next, uh, can the Bears find themselves either in a wildcard spot or in uh, the top of uh, the NFC? That uh, we will ask our next guest if the top of the draft can provide that for them. Dane Brugler, NFL draft expert, joins us next. It's- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris right here on 670 The Score. Mornings with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. When receivers left and right, this is third and ten. Williams in the gun, gets the snap, blitz coming, Williams rolling right, steps up, throws back across his body, that's caught across the 45-yard line, right at the sticks, it looks like it's going to be enough for a first down. Caleb Williams rolling to his right, threw that ball back across his body, and found a receiver for a gain of 10 and a first down. Another Patrick Mahomes-type throw from Caleb Williams, weaving into the pocket instead of outside of it, creating the opportunity, and I don't know how he found his receiver and a dangerous throw, but wide open. And that now giving them the first down they need to keep rolling. Will Caleb Williams be weaving his way into the fabric of the Chicago Bears? That we will ask our next guest. It's Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris. That was actually USC versus Oregon. It was right here on uh, 670 The Score. Shout out Westwood 1 for that one. Filling in for Mulligan Hall today, our next guest joins us on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline. He's the NFL draft analyst for the Athletic, good friend of the show, Dane Brugler. Dane, good to talk to you again. You guys too. Good morning. Um, so let's just let's just start here. A lot of people are asking about you know Caleb Williams. We know um, you know today being you know the last day to go ahead and, and, and uh, announce and declare for the NFL draft. But is it right that that he could have already filed, but the the date for the next announcement of players that are coming out is until the nineteenth? Is that right? Right. Today, the 15th is officially the deadline. There's no time deadline in terms of, you know, noon or four o'clock. It's just anytime today, uh, if you're an underclassman and you have not done so, you have to submit the paperwork to the league office uh, indicating your intentions to uh, enter the draft. And then there's a 48 hour uh, period where you can um, take that back, pull your name back out of it. And then on Friday, uh, the league will release the uh, the last uh, list of underclassmen. But unless you publicly announce it yourself, there's no way for anybody else to know that you actually did uh, enter the draft. So 
it's really on each player to to announce themselves until the official list is released by the NFL to the teams. So my question, Dane, is, is there any real, I mean, is it a real thing that he could stay at, at USC, Caleb Williams? That's, that, that's what people in Chicago want to know. It'd be a pretty big shock. Um, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, just talking to people in the league, talking to people in the agent business, people who are around this uh, situation, nobody expects any type of, uh, you know, last minute, uh, you know, I think I'm going to go back. And, you know, we saw this with C.J. Stroud last year. He was one of the final uh, players, underclassmen, to announce on the final day on the deadline. Um, you know, I, he, he did play uh, more recent football, so he had a little more of an excuse uh, with Caleb. I don't know if this is just a, you know, kind of why some of the top high school recruits are the last to sign. You know, they kind of want the spotlight a little bit. And maybe that's what this is. I, I, I really don't know. It's, it's a little curious, but at the end of the day, um, I think everybody expects him to be part of this draft class. We're talking to Dane Brugler here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris, sports director at CBS2, filling in for Mully and Hall today. Dane, I mean, a lot of people in Chicago are angry at Caleb Williams for a lot of the stuff that's come out over the last year in regards to the Bears, you know, like him, his father saying, you know, he doesn't want to play there or somebody else, you know, the stuff that just came out recently, like, or rumored recently, like, oh, you know, he wants assurances the Bears are going to do something. In in the, the research that you've done and, and people that you've talked to, is there any truth to this, you know, this, this, this hate that Caleb has for the Chicago Bears? No, I mean, look, I, I think that first off, I, most of the, these rumors are, are are more rumors than fact. And a lot of it is not coming from Caleb himself. It's coming from his camp um, or, you know, the, the, the rumors at least. Um, and, and this is a, a player who you know, his football journey has been meticulously planned out since he was 10 years old. Um, his dad and some of the, the training that he has had over the years from middle school to high school to college. Um, but you know what? It hasn't always gone according to plan. Uh, you know, he started out at Oklahoma and then Lincoln Riley takes the job at USC. And so uh, they have to pivot and they end up transferring. And, um, you know, there, were, there was a chance he wasn't going to follow Lincoln Riley. He was considering other schools as well, but they decided to stay the course. And um, it worked out all right, obviously. Caleb won the Heisman Trophy that next year. Um, in, in this situation, when you're the projected number one pick in the draft, the team picking number one is picking number one for a reason. You know, there, there's, there's something about the team that made them have the worst record uh, in the league. Now, this is a little bit different because the Bears, they didn't have the worst record, uh, but they own the pick that uh, the worst record has. So if you're Caleb, instead of going to the team with the worst record, you're going to a team that at least showed life uh, down the stretch, especially with the way they played. Um, you have a defense that looks like it's ascending. You have an offense with a, a stud wide receiver, an offensive line that still some question marks, but it's getting better. Uh, it, it's better than it was last year. It's better than it was uh, two years ago. Um, so I, I think you look at that, you think of, uh, you know, Ryan Poles, what he wants to do with this roster, the fact they have another top 10 pick in this draft. Uh, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic uh, if you're going to the Bears for the number one pick. So there's going to be a lot of noise about uh, Caleb Williams and what he wants and these rumors. I, up until I hear them come directly from his mouth, I, I just kind of take it with a grain of salt. And because it's, and we kind of hear this every year. Um, it's not 
uncommon for uh, players that are in a position of power to all this noise come out. And um, a lot of times it just proves to be unfounded and it works out the way it should work out. I think, Dane, for a lot of people, especially in Chicago, they, they have visions of remembering Eli Manning and when he got drafted and that mm-hmm. face he had at the draft. And they're like, <laughs> we don't want to deal with any of this. We just want a franchise-changing quarterback, the same thing we've wanted for the last 100 years or so. So <laughs> that's, that's what comes into play there. i got to ask you a question. Um, just because Justin Fields, there's so many questions surrounding his future, whether that's in Chicago, elsewhere. When you look at this draft class of quarterbacks and compare Justin Fields – and he's obviously a much more known quantity because we've seen him against NFL competition. Where do you think he slides into the talent pool here? Like if you had a redraft and he, you know, he's obviously played three years of NFL football, is he still near the top at the top? How, how do you see his skill set versus some of these guys that Bears fans have been arguing about for the last couple of months? Well, I mean, let's just let's put them into this draft class. Let's just, you know, say the the Justin Fields that we know uh, that we've seen the last three years. Let's put them in this draft uh, with the, uh, you know, we we have to keep in keep in mind that he won't be on a he'll be on a rookie contract, but only for another year, and then you know the fifth year option. They need to consider extending him. So that's that's part of Justin Fields, and with that attached to him, uh, that, that's where it makes it a little bit complicated. Because I've always said with the, with the Bears and the number one overall pick, it's not just a football decision. This is a financial decision. Um, you know, it's about uh, resetting the quarterback clock. And with Justin Fields, it's, it's not quite that easy. So my thing with, with Fields has always been just, you know, scouting him at Ohio State uh, through the draft process and now in the NFL – um, it's just things are too methodical. Um, yeah, he's gotten better in some areas, but especially from the pocket. For a guy that's a 4-4 athlete, uh, things are just way too methodical in the pocket and with some of the decision-making. And I, it's just it's he has not taken the steps as a passer that convinces me, okay, yeah, this guy is worth a $100 million contract. And I'm I'm willing to trade the number one overall pick to uh, me on to bet on Fields and bet on a hundred million dollar contract. So I, I still think that I, I, even though Fields has made progressions and has showed the improvements that gives you optimism, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm loving that because it helps his trade value, and I have a chance to uh, get something of value, multiple day two picks. Um, but you know, there's a reason that there's not a team. Uh, in a top 10, willing to trade a top 10 pick for Justin Fields. Because, you know, again, it's it, some of the question marks on the field, but it, the fact that you do have to pay him uh, coming up here pretty soon. So with all those things, factors considered, uh, you know, it, it does make it for a, a complicated situation. And But if you're the Bears, I think that's why it's just it's time to move on. It's a chance for Fields to, uh, you know, get a, a new situation, uh, you know, a new uh, new expectations from a different fan base and just kind of, and if it works out great, it doesn't mean the bears made the wrong decision. It, it's just that maybe a clean break is what's best for everybody. Marshall. I heard, I heard Justin's the fourth, maybe fifth best quarterback in this draft. I mean, that's what I heard. Is that what you're, is that what you're third, fourth, maybe, maybe fourth. You know, it, it, it's debatable, right? right. I mean, it's it, quarterbacks. I think, you know, fans think that with quarterbacks in the draft, there's this consensus board that all teams are using it's it, that, that that's just not not true. I mean, it, every quarterback board looks different, especially you know that Justin Fields draft. Uh, I know some teams like Zach Wilson over uh, Trevor Lawrence at number one. You know, everyone 
beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and especially a true quarterback. So it's just it's different from team to team. And when you look at this quarterback class with Caleb Williams, Drake May at the top, um, and, and then that's where most teams have those two guys in different order, but those two players at the top. And then it becomes a little bit of a, okay, who's quarterback three? Is it Jaden Daniels from LSU? Where does J.J. McCarthy, 27-1 as a, as a starter, coming off a uh, national title run, where does he fit in? Is he quarterback three, quarterback four? Uh, you know, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. So, yeah, it, it's a really interesting quarterback class, and that makes the, the field conversation even more interesting. We're talking to Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst for The Athletic here on 670. The score, Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris filling in for Mullion Hall today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Drake May. I think people, there's a gap in people's minds here in Chicago when they try to assess a guy like Drake May where they say the first thing out of probably 70% of the people's mouths that I talk to say, I don't want another quarterback from North Carolina because they're scarred from Mitchell Trubisky, right? And then you hear yeah. the comparisons. You're like, oh, you know, he could be like a Justin Herbert type of guy. Big body, good arm, make all the throws. But there's this like space between, you know, reality and, and what they think he can be. Is it realistic to say that, you know, he is a Justin Herbert type quarterback or is that a ceiling and some hype that's surrounding a guy like Drake May? The, the the way that I have phrased it, the entire process, and I'll continue to phrase it through the draft, is he is cut from the same cloth as Justin Herbert. So a lot of the reasons why you like Justin Herbert at Oregon and, you know, those, a lot of those reasons that he had such a great rookie year and he's been such a, a promising player in the NFL – uh, you see that with Drake May. Uh, it's not just the way he looks with the size and the arm strength. It's, it's the way he processes his intelligence, uh, that there's a scrambling element to him, um, especially on third downs. He, he's the best third down scrambler in college football. Uh, it, there's a lot to like about just the raw talent. And we have to remember, he's a redshirt sophomore. He is young. Justin Herbert was a senior. Uh, you know, his final year led Oregon to the Rose Bowl. Uh, beat Wisconsin that year, but you know he was a four or five year player. Where with uh, with, with Drake May, he's just a third year player, just second year as a starter. Uh, but I think he is Drake May's a little bit advanced, and I, I always use the older brother theory. If you have if you grow up as a young kid and you have older brothers, you're forced to grow up tougher, more competitive, quicker when it comes to sports. And with that's never more true with Drake May. He's got three older brothers, all big time athletes, all went on to play big time college ball. Uh, and, and so that really forced him to grow up quicker and into that competitive gene really evolved for him at a young age. And we've seen that with him. So now there are things about Drake May that uh, do give me a little bit of pause, especially the way he played down the stretch. You watch a Clemson tape, you watch the NC State tape. Um, the fact that 12 of his 16 career interceptions have come in the second half. Um, you know, so there's some elements of his game that is a little uh, there, there's some recklessness to the way he plays. But at the same time, um, you know, he, he wasn't playing with a ton of you – know, the offensive line in North Carolina wasn't very good. He had one uh, top-tier uh, top receiver uh, at North Carolina this past season. So, you know, I think they, they, some of the circumstances forced his hand, but I do think that it's exciting to think about where he's going to be three years from now, four years from now. Um, but so Drake May, I think that there's a reason why he is in that conversation for some teams as being that quarterback one. So it's interesting because we, we watched C.J. Stroud and the Bears mm -hmm. pass up on C.J. Stroud last season, and we just saw what he did over the weekend, which is really just a continuation of what he's been doing all season when healthy. I want to know, like, how shocked are you? How shocked are scouts? How shocked is everyone at just how well he's playing? 
especially when you look at the guy directly above him, uh, Bryce Young, and how he plays. I mean, it, it all seems like maybe more of a crapshoot than it is. I mean, I, what do you think of C.J. Stroud, and what does that tell us about this entire process? Uh, you know, I, I well, first of all, I think it's. Uh, I'm glad you brought up C.J. Stroud because I, I can't tell you how many uh, responses and, and uh, tweets and things I received last draft process that said, "Oh, Ohio State can't produce quarterbacks," and uh, you know, it's just it, it's another reason why you don't scout the helmet, and you know that's why Mitchell Trubisky should never come up when you talk about Drake May as a prospect. You know, I understand it's easy for fans to make that that connection, but uh, let's not scout the helmet. Let's scout the player, and with C.J. Stroud. You know, I, I think it's just a really great example of what you need to focus on through the draft process, poise, accuracy. That's what he showed at Ohio State. That's what, uh, you know, especially that Georgia game uh, in, in the semi, uh, semifinals of the playoffs, how uh, he played in such a high level in that game. And you saw those things, the, the, the poise, the, the ball placement, and that has translated so well. But I also think it's important that where these guys go – uh, makes a big part uh, or plays a big part in their development. And Bryce Young went to an impossible situation. Head coach fired midway through the season. Uh, offensive line can't block anybody. His receivers are terrible. Meanwhile, you look at the Texans and a first-year head coach, but they had the right system in place with Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, uh, outstanding. We saw it in the, in the playoff game against the Browns, that one of the best defenses in the league. And the offensive uh, uh, game plan just shredded them. Uh, so I think you put them, and, and I don't want to take anything away from C.J. Stroud because he's the one making the throws. He's the one that has been on point all year, getting better and better. Uh, but situation matters. And so it's a lesson for the Bears and some of these other teams that are thinking about drafting a quarterback uh, high in the draft. The situation that you're drafting them uh, into, uh, what's the offensive ecosystem? Um, I, I think the the Bears are in a much better spot right now, theoretically, who are they, they going to hire as offensive coordinator? You have an offensive line that's better than last year. You have DJ Moore. So, yes, they could have drafted C.J. Stroud first overall last year, but what it might not have worked out just the same way because the, the system was a little bit different. Now, this year, the Bears are in a much better situation to draft that rookie quarterback and put them in the best position to succeed. We're talking to Dane Brugler here on 670 to score. Gabe Ramirez, Marshall Harris. Uh, when – when we talk about a draft, a lot of people are always talking about blue chip players, right? And more often than not, you're not necessarily certain like how far down the list you can go before that ends. Where, where does that end for you in this draft? How far, how, how, how deep are these blue chip players in the 2024 draft? You know, I, I think for me, this is a good year for blue chip players. And, and that's not always the case. You know, like two years ago when uh, Trevon Walker went number one overall, like that was a year that didn't have a ton of blue chip players. Uh, this year, I, I do think we have quite a few. I, I think I probably have seven. Uh, talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May at the top, the two quarterbacks, um, the three receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, uh, Roma Dunze, uh, throw Brooke uh, Bowers in there. And then, uh, you know, really the two tackles, Joe Alt, Olu Foshinu. So what is that, eight eight players that yeah. I think are, are true blue chippers? Um, and, you know, I know the Bears are uh, <laughs> number nine, nine right now, of course. <laughs> but you know what? That's hey, we'll see. There, there, there might be a quarterback that goes, you know, Jaden Daniels could absolutely sneak into that top, uh, top eight picks, and that'll push another player down to you. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, the, the receivers will be really interesting. W- will the three go in the top eight? 
Or will one of those three receivers that I just mentioned, would they be available to Chicago at nine? I, I think if, if one of those receivers is available, that would make a ton of sense to pair a rookie quarterback with one of these really talented receivers. I mean, obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., everybody knows about. He's not going to be there at nine. Um, but Malik Neighbors, I don't think there's a huge gap between Harrison and Neighbors. Neighbors just doesn't have any weaknesses. He really doesn't. He's not the biggest guy, but he's certainly big enough. He's explosive makes plays after the catch, wins at the catch point. Uh, you really see his seven-on-seven seven background uh, on his tape with the way he plays. It's really impressive. And then Roma Dunze, the way he plays through contact, the way he can get open, very quarterback-friendly. Um, and so I, I think any of those three options would be awesome for the Bears at nine if they get there. I think that will be a big question mark that we talk about throughout the process. Will any of those three receivers make it all the way to nine I, I would say it's probably 50-50 chance. I think there's a good chance all three are gone, uh, but there's at least a you know a chance that uh, one of them could still be available. It's it's interesting because everybody here in Chicago is obviously like, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr., we're in Big Ten country. Get get him in a Bears uniform, and everything will turn sure. around for Justin Fields or whoever is the quarterback next season. So I'm interested in that. I wanted to ask you about La- LaGrange Park's own J.J. McCarthy. You mentioned him. Is he – like how, how high could he go, and, and how many quarterbacks do you even see going in the first round? Uh, you know, it's tough because he's, he's going to, I mentioned before quarterback, you know, the beauty in the eye of the beholder with quarterbacks and one team's going to have a third round grade on them. Another team uh, could have a first round grade on them. I, I think it's going to be really different team to team based off of what they value in, in a young quarterback because with JJ McCarthy, it's a little bit of a complicated evaluation because Michigan just did not rely on him to push the ball downfield with his arm. Uh, now, I think he, he was terrific on money downs. You know, his conversion rate with his arm uh, or with his legs on third down and fourth down is outstanding. So when they needed him to make a play, he made it more times than not. But this is a, an offense that was not really relying on the big plays through the air. Uh, so, you know, I, I, his evaluation feels a little bit incomplete. He's still very, very young. Um, you know, there, there's a, it, it feels like there's, you know, the tape, we want to see more from the tape. Um, but at the same time, that's what scouts get paid to do project and okay. What is this guy going to look like two years from now, three years from now when he has, uh, you know, some pro coaching behind him. Uh, but the big thing that scouts always talk about with, uh, JJ McCarthy is the intangibles. Uh, the fact that he is a winner. I, I know a lot of people get roll their eyes with quarterback win loss record uh the team stat not a quarterback stat but 27 and one every scout brings that up when you talk about jj mccarthy and the way that um you know he has led this team uh, especially this past year 15 and 0 national championship uh an outstanding leader uh, his recall his intelligence is, is terrific um, he needs to put on weight scouts say he played this year right around 200 pounds um, so needs to continue developing. Uh, he has a, he has the arm. Uh, he has tools to work with. Maybe not an elite package of tools, but above average package of tools. So you could understand why a team could talk themselves into JJ McCarthy somewhere in the top 25 picks. There are plenty of teams that could use it. It'll be interesting to track throughout the process. Uh, you know how teams view him and, and where he ultimately ends up. It'll be interesting to see, and we are going to be watching this soap opera probably as closely as you are, Dane. I appreciate Mm -hmm. you hanging out with us, and I look forward to talking to you again before the draft. All right, anytime. Thanks, guys. Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst for The Athletic. He was great. Great brain. Love what he said about my one takeaway, don't scout the helmet.
Yeah, that was I mean, a great, I, that was a great line. Cause I, I thought that was common knowledge, though. But you're right. No, you because hear people talking about it like you incessantly. Cannot, you cannot bring up Drake May's name without somebody saying, "I Mitch don't Trubisky. want Mitch Trubisky." Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but there is one team uh, I think is a lock to make a trade with the Bears for one of their first round picks. Who is it? And what can the Bears get in return? We'll talk about it next. It's Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Mornings with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. You're, you're flexible. And again, just like I talked about with the draft, what, what's there, how might may not be there later. So uh, we have a board that we look at, and, and my guys do a great job setting that up. Um, we got to look into all of the different scenarios that could play out. Uh, so really, we're just going to stay wide open with it. It's just nice to be flexible. So if something pops up that you don't expect um, or someone, you know, it just works out the way that you want it to. You at least have uh, the financial stability to, to, to execute something and, and not hurt yourself down the road. So Ryan Poles talking about the current bear situation. No stone will go unturned. That's the good thing about Ryan. You know he's going to do his due diligence, but whenever he feels good about something, he will pull the trigger, just like he did last year. You uh, have faith? That what? <laughs> that he can in, draft, in make a, the decisions. I, mean, I live in Chicago. Faith in what? <laughs> the mayor. Do you have faith that in? faith in the Bears, the Cubs. Ryan pulls to turn this team around and get them to the playoffs next season. Okay, I'll take the first half of your question first. Do I have faith that he can turn the team around? He already has. I think the Bears are in a much better position than they were a few, when he got the job, and they are better equipped for the future. So I think for sure that first half is right. And then will he get into the playoffs? Yeah. The Bears are two years away from the playoffs. Be very clear. Ooh, two years. Not this year? Does Matt, Matt Eberflus have another year to miss the playoffs? I think it's all, it's all about how. Right? I think it's all about how. Like, you can look at your records and make predictions about, like, how many wins you think a team is going to have. But how did they lose those games, the ones that they lost? Were they really bad? Did you did you drop the bag? Did you did you start off on a hot streak and then lost your last six games? Like it, all that you know comes into play. But I think the, the expectation where you're not disappointed should not be next year. Make the Bears making the playoffs. It should be the year after that. So what is the expectation for this year? To be very to either sneak in like the Packers to sneak in where it's not expected, but you sneak in, you know, or you miss it by a game. That should be the expectation. But if they go 8-9 next year, that's that's okay? Again, how did they get there? Did Caleb Williams get hurt in the middle season? No. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, how did they get there? How did they get to 8-9? Something had to happen. I, I, I hear what you're I saying. Gotta, I, I, just, I, just, I, I like results. I am results-oriented. And to give If the Matt- Bears went eight games, they won one more than they did. <laughs> and they're headed in the right direction. Nah, because it's back to what you said. It depends on how. Because if they go eight, <laughs> Let me tell you something. If they go 8-9, it'd be like, same old Bears. But what do you expect them to go? 10 and 7? 11 and 6? Like, what you said you... it like it's crazy. It's hard to win in the NFL. Yeah, it's also easy to turn things around if you do it right because parity is You just a said thing. the Bears. You... Did you not say the Bears are playing in the best division in the NFC? Arguably, yeah. Right. It's hard. You're playing six. Step your game up, bro. <laughs> Step your game up. All right, so here's a team. Oh, yeah, that, give me. Give that me, could help. Pay the off Bears, your tees. That could help the Bears step their game up. Bears have two picks in the draft. First pick and the number nine pick. Do I think they'll trade the first and drop down? I would like them to. Um, <laughs> to, to number two, though, only. Oh, okay. um, but the, the the team that I think will trade with the Bears, not for the number one pick, but for the number nine pick, I think it'll be the Las Vegas Raiders. 
Number 13 picked in the draft. I do think that at number nine, whether it is Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix, I think the Las Vegas Raiders would love to leapfrog a Denver Broncos and take an actual quarterback. And the Bears are a team that you could trade down and give them some assets and, and find yourself that guy. Aiden O'Connell's not him. We know that. Jimmy Garoppolo, is, I don't even know his contract situation. Is he still in for another couple years? I think so. I'll look that up. Yeah. Keep, keep going. But, but yeah, so, so I see the they Las- had an easy opt-out after this year. Right, right. That's why. So Las Vegas Raiders, hopefully they bring back Antonio Pierce. I'm sure he feels as though he can, you know, he's like, what? Give me a Michael Penix with a, with a Devontae Adams. We're in there. Use Hunter Renfro properly in there. So to me, I look at Las Vegas Raiders because you got to look at those teams. 12 and 13. Definitely potential trade partners for the Bears at number nine. And as Dan Brugler just mentioned, if none of the receivers that the Bears want are there, you know, you can get a Dallas Turner. You can get somewhere like that that can, you know, help your edge out. But I'm sure Ryan Poles, Ryan Poles loves a little, couple more assets. And to drop down a couple of spots to be able to get someone that maybe is on the draft board in the same space as a Dallas Turner, like, that might be right. You seem like you don't like that over there. I want dynamic players and dynamic results, okay? Well, we already got Caleb Williams. Oh, that's, that's a given now? Yeah. Or Jake May, one or the other. I like Jake May. Okay. Yeah, we know we know how you feel about Caleb Williams. Since before the season started, you told me Thank how you, you feel about Caleb Williams. Thank I like Drake May too, Gabe. Thank you for I'm saying with you. that. I just like the fact that Marshall Harris kept my receipts and knows that I've been saying Drake May from before the Caleb Williams hype. How many overnight shows did we do together, Gabe? You. You've been saying Drake May for like the entire season. I just love when people like kind of remind people that I was saying this. And this I got is you. Not- you just wanted me to say that you are him. I don't scout the helmet. You definitely don't scout the <laughs> Look, I can say one thing about that dude. He does not scout the helmet. So, but look, but look, I guess I'm just trying to figure out if your expectations are Bears fans' expectations. If my expectations are what? Bears fans' expectations. Are. Do you feel like yours are a little bit lower than the actual, you know? Yeah. Mine's are realistic. As a super fan. Listen. If I didn't work on this station, my my expectations would be exactly the same Why as whoever's outside this door. Why can't you talk about the Bulls? Because the Bulls are my favorite team in the city. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, do not forget. Uh, we got Ruthie Polinski coming up at the top of the hour to talk to us some more bear about some more Bears stuff. Um, and we have like some really cool stuff on the on the station today. Not only is is it us, Marshall Harris, and I filling in for Millie and Hall, but uh, later today, three p.m., we're gonna have Bill Steelers. It's gonna be right here on six seventy. The score. And then the Bulls-Cavs game, that was going to be on at 545. That's when the pregame begins. That's going to be on the Odyssey app now. You should have the Odyssey app already. Uh, but what, what better incentive to download it than to know that you can listen to the Bulls game on there, checking out Chuck Swirsky, Chuck Swirsky Bill Wennington, and Alyssa Bergamini. And then when Bill Steelers is over, we'll put the Bulls game right here on 670 to score. So make sure you guys are here for that. All right. Uh, but Ruthie Polinski joins us next. Does she think that the Bears – are going to be making the playoffs, and it is a lock next season. We will ask her that very question. Ruthie Polinski from NBC Sports joins us next. It's Ramirez and Harris. Damn, I haven't said that all day. Right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 